Welcome, everybody, to the Big Dudes in the Trenches podcast. I am Doug. Over here is Bug, and below us is Tug. How y'all doing today? Hoping my Ten. internet holds up. Wow. <laughs> I was like, are we able to hear him or not? <laughs> that was a struggle to get started. That's that's a good sign. <laughs> I I was I saw Ben trying to talk. I wanted to give him a chance, and then he wanted to give me a chance. It's the rare case where we don't just start talking over each other. You know, that's fine. It is what it is. We're going to power through, and uh, hopefully Tug's internet holds up. If not, uh, we'll have Tug for at least a part of this, which is a fantastic review of the Week 6 action in college football. Now, I want to say there's currently a war going on in Eastern Europe. There's currently a war going on in Israel. There's probably three other wars these guys know about, aren't allowed to tell me because it's not declassified yet. And yet, we are here to talk about the Red River War, the Rhode Island ruckus, <laughs> the butt It's all about priorities, Texas, man. The great conflicts it's all about of priorities. college football, Division One college football across week six. And this has been a very exciting week of college football, and we want to talk about every bit of it. Uh, we'll get to as much of it as possible, I guess. It's what this show is all about. As we do, we talk about the ranked games, the rivalry games, our own games that we decided were going to be pretty good. We helped determine if they were good or not. And then we might bring up a few extras along the way as, as you know, there, there are some fun ones worth discussing. So if you guys are ready, let's go ahead and hop in. Let's go. I love how there's neither confirming nor denying of the three classified wars that are definitely happening that you guys aren't able to tell me about. Uh, I can yeah, neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of already broke down the rules of our pick'em. Uh, if you can't see them on the screen, I would recommend you go check out our Twitch as we are live right now at Big Dudes in the Trenches, all one word, on twitch.tv. Or you can find us on YouTube, Big Dudes in the Trenches on there as well. Definitely worth checking us out in video format for multiple reasons. If you're live, you can ask us questions and we will respond to them as they come up in the Twitch chat as well. Otherwise, if you're listening on audio, very much appreciate you. Uh, but we're not going to explain the rules again because we've already done it like 14 times. That's, <laughs> you say that, but we really only explained it like twice and they are like, oh, well, we explained this before. So this was just I how mean, we talk about the games. We make picks, and we see who's the best at picking wins and losses. Basically, so we'll get a we'll get a bonus point if we picked two of three good games from our own personal games. Two bonus points if we get three of three good games, and we'll get one loss, a negative point if uh, none of our games that we picked were good. We also picked through all FBS and FCS top twenty-five matchups, as well as every single rivalry. Nobody talks about rivalries like you do like we do here at Big Dudes in the Trenches. That See, is correct. Quick, it takes a lot of effort. Simple, easy. <laughs> That's the rules, baby. Let's go. I also want to point out we've never had a negative point handed out for three bad matchups in a week. Hopefully it's it doesn't cool. happen anytime soon. We, we've been pretty yeah. good about that. I'm, I'm good no. for at least one a week. I'm good for at least one a week. But we've also only had... A few positive bonus points handed out. Uh, Tug with two. I have four bonus points. Bug, you have none just yet. Uh, but I don't with think those bonus points, <laughs> with those bonus points, Tug and I are tied 
at the top here. Uh, I appreciate the bonus points, fellas. Well, I, I have a better win percentage, so therefore I'm winning. Uh, that is incorrect. You're at the top because I didn't feel like moving the graphics. But, but also, <laughs> but also have better win percentage. 89 to 42 is better than. We're not going into tiebreakers. Uh, and also, fuck you. It's happened because I didn't feel like moving them. <laughs> so, <laughs> the, starting us off with ranked versus ranked matchups across the AP and the stats perform FCS top 25. Very first up at noon, the Oklahoma Sooners and the Texas Longhorns went down, got down to business. What a game. Uh, that was a great game. Phenomenal. Phenomenal game. 34 to 30. The Sooners pull it out with a very last minute touchdown pass. Dylan Gabriel to Nick Anderson. Uh, Three yard yeah. touchdown pass. Look, I Somehow, this was my I called it. Very nice. Right. And this was <laughs> this was my first weekend, you know, not being on a dumb shift where I could watch a full slate of college football. So what I do, I went out for my sister's birthday all day. Ooh. However, we went to the mall and uh or we went to Tuck E. Uh, Cheese. That was worse. And we went to the mall and I was like, all right, I'm not having to chase kids around to play games with them. Let me let me turn on my phone. Oklahoma was down three, receiving the kick, and I said, Man, if they pull this out, it's gonna be something. Let me tell you, it was like Texas didn't know how to play defense that drive. I don't know what happened. But Oklahoma absolutely diced them up all the way down the field, gets a penalty late to bring, bring them down to the three-yard line, and then a little pre-snap motion completely lose the man in coverage, and he is wide open in the back corner of the end zone for the touchdown, for the go-ahead touchdown. And to Texas's credit, Quinn Ewers got back there and got all the way down to about the Oklahoma 40 before having to yep. heave up a Hail Mary. And that one easily could have been caught by the Longhorns, and we could be talking about an amazing Texas win at the end of this one. Definitely hurts the Longhorns, though, when Quinn Ewers throws two interceptions and loses a fumble. Not a good way to go out in a rivalry matchup. But, yeah, Texas was so dang close even after all that. Kind of incredible. You know, I'm not I'm not that upset about this because I thought I thought Texas would like I thought that was gonna be the difference maker. This I felt like this rivalry's been streaky pretty much my whole life, where Texas wins a few and then Oklahoma wins a few, and then Texas wins a few and Oklahoma wins a few. Texas finally won it last year, and I thought, well, maybe this is the start of start of a, a, a streak here for Texas, but that's not the case. The last time this rivalry meets up in the regular season in the Big Twelve. Uh, it goes to OU. Now, we talked about this last week. They they were 33-33-3. and three, And then even when you took out the time they met in the Big 12 championship, it was still 33-33-3. and three. Now it's 34-33-3. And, three, and uh, there's an opportunity here for this game to be the Big 12 championship yet again. What a great I, I think- way for it to go out if it's 34-34-3. <laughs> right. Well... I mean, they're going to keep playing each other. That has to be the protected rivalry in the SEC, doesn't it? Uh, you would assume so, but it's hard to assume anything nope. in conference realignment nope. these days. Nope, that's it. We're going to revive the Texas A&M, Texas. We're going to get rid of the Red River rivalry, and we're going to go on yep. with our life. Yeah. Oklahoma, Missouri, protected 
Texas, Texas A&M protected. <laughs> <laughs> they do hate Missouri. That is an option. Well, they hate Missouri uh, a little bit less now because LSU was able to pull it out over the Missouri Tigers this week. But, man, did they make it fucking interesting. This, this score they doesn't tell you what this game actually was. Uh, it was like a minute and a half left, and LSU got the ball back up 42-39. I thought that was the end. I thought they were just going to knee it out. But, no, apparently they really hate Mizzou and went for six and got it. Well, no, they actually did give the ball back to Missouri, but a pick six sealed this one with 40 ah, seconds to go. Uh, which was Cook's second interception of the game. His only two interceptions of the past, like, eight games now for Missouri. So a brutal way to end that streak against a very tough opponent and hard way to go out. Yep. I think this is probably why uh, LSU was ranked, right? I mean, we we give them a hard time, and deservedly so, I think. they There are now a two-loss team. They were a two-loss team coming into this as well. Ranked at 23 still while there were undefeated teams in other Power 5 conferences unranked. We'll talk about one of those later. And Missouri, for the most part, looked like they had this game under control, but Missouri has a tendency of choking these games out at home, and that's exactly what happened here. I was low-key hoping for a second week in a row field rushing down in, in Missouri. That would have been fun. Or not a second week, but a second time this year. Uh, that would have been fun to watch. You know, a second helping of field rushing in the SEC is an extra $100,000 of fine, Hashtag probably. Hashtag worth it. Yeah, it would have mm. been. Uh, but Maybe. didn't happen. Didn't happen. Uh, and, yeah, we – I don't I can't speak for you guys on this, but I definitely understood that LSU was still an extremely talented team. No, I didn't. I can appreciate that they're probably a top 25 roster. But the debate becomes at what point do we have to take you know resume into account in the top 25 poll? Week six is usually about that turning point for me. I would have been perfectly okay with LSU not being ranked. Uh, at three and two, but four and two, yeah, they're definitely, yep, they're definitely a top twenty-five team. I mean, they just—they're too good. <laughs> my my issues with the teams that were left unranked in favor of them at three and two—that was that was where my issue came in. But again, I I agree with you; they are still a top twenty-five roster. They just had not played top twenty-five ball at that point. That's where my issue always is. It's never that these teams don't deserve it. It's that, hey, you lost. Why are these teams that equally deserve to be there not here when they haven't yeah. lost? Definitely. Next up, a team who has definitely earned their place in the top 15, NC Central, beating the Elon Phoenix 34-23. Beating the Elon Phoenix 34 <laughs> Beating the Phoenix <laughs> at this point, I'm just trying to see how many times we can do it. <laughs> I'll go all night. I could do this all day. Just uh, an Davis. hour show of us saying muskrats and Doug, <laughs> me fighting, uh, correcting us with Phoenix. Just, it's just a feudal war here. Uh, Davius Richard looks like one of the best 
most exciting players in all of FCS football. Throws for 171 yards, rushes for 114, four touchdowns total for Davius Richard back there at quarterback. Uh, yeah, NC Central is a really fun team to watch, and I, I, I understand everyone's love for Elon to an extent, right? They're a perennial, like, will they, won't they playoff team. But at some point, you kind of have to realize the middle of the CAA this year is just mediocre. Yeah. Elon's in the middle of the CAA. Well, that's not accurate. Not only is NC Central at the top of the MEAC, and they're likely going to win the Celebration Bowl again, uh, we got a team that's going to be very, very dangerous come playoff time that I don't think too many of these top four or five teams want to face right now, and that's Western Carolina. But, hey, credit where it's due. Chattanooga made this a two-point game. And Western Carolina, they've been dominating everybody. What happened here? Well, better than that, this was uh, – th- this is up there at least in the top two of games of the year so far in all of college football. Uh, maybe maybe alongside that uh, South Dakota State-Montana State game. Like, this is it's, yeah. it's just phenomenal. Uh, last second time expires field goal. Lifts the Catamounts over the mocks. Just wow. What a fun game this was. And love to see it too. That's amazing. <laughs> I do have to be concerned a little bit about the Catamounts defense. At what point does that come back to bite them? I don't know if Chattanooga's offense is realistically 50 points good against a team who has, at this point, at least semifinal aspirations. That would be. A scary thing for me if I'm a Western Carolina fan, you're looking at some of these Missouri Valley teams, some of these big sky teams at the top, and being <laughs> like, I don't know if we can score stop. Consistently. <laughs> right. I don't know if we can stop those those offenses. But at the same same time, they have to stop your offense too. And the Western Carolina offense looks pretty darn unbeatable in the in this current stretch they're on. Very exciting brand of football. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Even if it does mean your last second sweating. This is, I don't know what it is about college football, but it seems like there's always five or six teams that have a good enough defense and an offense that they just dare you to go try and stop. But if you can stop them, congratulations, you're probably winning that game. But if you can't what, stop like, them, uh, good, good luck. 20. 2017, 2018, 2020, 2021, Ohio State. Maybe, yeah. maybe like those teams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Insert any team from the Big 12 from 2010 to 2022. Yeah. Insert most Oklahoma teams in the past. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. We, we understand. We got there. All right. Insert USC right now. Yeah. We'll get Correct. There. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Oh, man. But Western Carolina has found their way into the top 10 now and very much deserved. On to the undisputed, almost undisputed, number one team in the FBS, the Georgia Bulldogs fucking annihilated Kentucky. (laughs) Hey, Tug, what were you thinking here? I told you I did not like what Georgia brought against Auburn. I knew it was at home, so I knew it was going to be a risk. 
Georgia so- showed some real weakness against the run. Kentucky runs the ball usually really well. Uh, everything that I had seen was completely reversed this week. Yeah, pretty and much. That's, that's why we play the games. Uh, Georgia had over 600 yards of offense, which I don't know when the last time that's ever happened. Uh <laughs> is that allowed to happen? Is Georgia allowed to do that? I actually I would bet the last time it happened was against TCU in the title game. <laughs> <laughs> uh Brock Bowers was 132 of those yards on only seven catches. Uh very very exciting Georgia Bulldogs this week. <laughs> Different from what we've seen. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, I, I think they're starting to. They were starting to hear the voices, and they're like, "No, we are still number one. We're going to prove it to you right now." This is like uh, so against so d- unranked team. Go ahead. You're you're wrong. Georgia only put up 589 yards in the national championship game. It rounds to 600. It's the same fucking thing. Nope, we're going. We've got to go deeper. <laughs> Oh, gosh. (laughs) Anyway, moving on to the big sky, as we were talking about before. Number 17, Montana at number 20, UC Davis. I spent the whole episode talking about how Montana sucks ass now, and I was proven wrong. So, way to go, Tug. I spent my little time explaining how this is a get-right game for Montana, and hey, it was a get-right game for Montana. That is impressive. Uh, the Grizzlies are so unpredictable right now is all I can say about them. It's, I don't know what to make of this Grizzlies team. I don't know they if are, anyone So, so really to me, the, the Grizz are about the third best team in the big sky. And it's, it's, uh, you got, you got Montana state and Idaho, big drop Montana. I disagree. Sacramento state's above Montana still. We'll see. Either way, there's still a big gap between those top two. That's really the point I'm driving home. Yeah, most likely. I mean, to <laughs> be fair, in the Missouri Valley, there's a big drop-off between South Dakota State and everybody else, too. So well, it's like yeah. there are three teams at the moment that feel like they could compete for the championship, and everybody else is fighting for third, fourth place. <laughs> Ironically, they're the three teams we just named. Yeah. South Dakota State, Montana State, Idaho. Almost like I planned it. All right, so (laughs) moving on, our last ranked matchup of the weekend, number 25, Louisville. We got Jack Harlowed. Um, (laughs) Number 25, Louisville in their own house against number 10, Notre Dame. This is the third straight ranked opponent for Notre Dame. And the third straight game where they started the fourth quarter in, in a one-possession battle. And then they just uh, uh, threw the game away to the Louisville defense a couple of times. It's a rare mistake from Sam Hartman. But one of my favorite things I've seen that's come out of this is last year Louisville beat number 10 NC State at home with Sam Hartman at the helm. And this year they beat number 10. Or I, Oh, where did I see that? Was it a different quarterback then? Either way, Louisville's got two upsets against Sam Hartman's what I'm tracking because he was at Wake last year, and I didn't think they were ranked. Uh, well, 
he's been I'd at Wake every year. He wasn't at Notre yeah. Dame. Yeah, so I've seen him. It's about. gone. It's all right. It, what, it, I, there, there I, if it wasn't a thing, I somewhere. lost it. Sam Hartman not only threw one interception, he threw three interceptions. And then Louisville was able to do it on the ground. Jawar Jordan, 143 yards, two touchdowns in the run game. Uh, something that Notre Dame really hasn't let up this entire year. So surprising to me that Louisville's offensive line was able to be as effective as it was. Not at all what I expected out of this Cardinals team. And, yeah, we got Jack Harlow. That's it's about the best what we can is. say. Louisville's undefeated, 6-0, right. number 14 in the nation now. Uh, and they skip Florida State and North Carolina in the ACC regular season. So very possible we end up with a couple of undefeateds in the ACC title game. I'm just – I was not prepared to see Jack Harlow spinning onto our screen there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's one That's one thing we didn't talk about uh, last, last week on the preview show. And one thing I think we all kind of discounted here was that this was the third-ranked opponent in a row for Notre Dame and the third in a, or second in a row on the road. Uh, and Louisville, I mean, you've, you've talked about it. It's, it can be a tough place to play. You've been all the way across town and heard the stadium erupt for different things. So this, especially with Notre Dame being Notre Dame, this was going to be a huge matchup ranked or not. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too surprised that Louisville was able to pull this one out, but at the same time, I, I would not have expected a 13 point loss. One thing I I don't want to take away from Louisville here, but I do have to acknowledge very real possibility. Notre Dame was looking ahead to next week when they have to play USC in their fourth straight game against a ranked opponent. What a stretch of the season for Notre Dame. Oh my goodness. At least, at least we can't say they didn't play anybody this year. Right. Do they have Michigan later this year too? Uh, No, they haven't played within a long time. Okay, just making sure that would have been that would have been brutal. Who else do they have on the schedule? That's actually a decent question. After USC, they have Pitt, Clemson, Wake Forest, and Stanford. So that's Clemson. They'll probably may lose to Clemson. Yeah, yeah, it's at Clemson too. So, yep. yeah, yeah, good luck. Yep. All right. <laughs> wow. All right, moving right along. Uh, speaking of those rivalry games like Notre Dame USC, that's this coming weekend. But we had a couple of extra ones, rivalry games. That is this past weekend to talk about. Starting us off in the FCS, that early afternoon slate, Rhode Island at Brown. This would be the uh, fourth consecutive win for Rhode Island, which is the first time they've done that in a long time. You're saying fifth. Yeah, I think it was based on what you had sent me. It was fifth. I uh, I don't remember what I sent you, so it's probably if you remember it, then I guess you're right. <laughs> well, that's fair. I do remember a lot of random things, not useful things. Well, random Rams back at it again, thirty-four to thirty, over the Brown Bears. Uh, if this were real life, I'm taking the Bear every day of the week and twice on Sunday. That's I don't know. You see the way Rams use their heads; they might have a chance. Not Probably not, but maybe dude. that would be something else. <laughs> this was, in fact, the fifth time, and it's only the second time the Rhode Island's won five in a row. All right, there it is. 
So we were both somewhat right about different things in that conversation. That's great. <laughs> Next up, the Citadel at number five, Furman. <laughs> we all picked Furman here. And yeah, we were right about this one here. Uh, Furman 28 to 14. The only surprise may be how close the Citadel was able to keep it, but it is a rivalry game. It was. And how close yeah. they were able to keep it, and it was still a two touchdown game. Like, what does that tell you about how the Citadel is playing this year, right? Well, and Bad. the uh, Furman got out to a 28 nothing lead and just took foot off the gas. <laughs> They felt bad for him. Yeah, they didn't. They I didn't guess. want to completely ruin their day. Which it, you're not true rivals if you don't want to ruin the other person's day. Come on, Citadel falls to zero and six on the season, though. Uh, that's shocking. That's tough. <laughs> Maybe that's why we had them at the bottom of our tier list in the preseason. If you watched those previews, facts. Next up, the little brown jug. We all picked the maize Michigan. and blue against the Golden Gophers. And, yeah, we were right on this one. Michigan wins 52-10. to 10. Uh, P.J. Fleck calls this the greatest team he has ever coached against ever in his life. That is not an exact quote, but it's pretty darn close. Uh, kind of scary, not going to lie. 52-10 to 10 is a little bit wider of a gap than I expected. Also, Minnesota has not looked good this year. So yeah, I was about to say this is this is almost exactly what I expected. And I would love to have taken Minnesota, not because I have any disdain for Michigan, but because I would have liked to have been like, oh, it's a rivalry game. You never know what's gonna happen. But after seeing Minnesota struggle against Nebraska to start the season, there was no chance in hell I could even consider taking Minnesota here. Michigan has looked like an absolute juggernaut, and playing against Minnesota, they might as well have been playing a high school team. I mean, that's the way they made it look, at least. Minnesota's quarterback's name is Ethan Kalika Manis, and I just want to call him Kaliki Maka, uh, the Hawaiian way to wish everyone a very Merry Christmas. I, I approve. <laughs> He is six touchdowns, six interceptions on the season. Feels like a very Hawaii style line. So, <laughs> next up, technically a rivalry because everybody hates the Razorbacks. Arkansas at Ole Miss. Ole Miss does pull this one out, twenty-seven to twenty. But the this Razorbacks is, were fighting the entire way. This is a weird week. All but so far, all but one of our skunk opportunities we've hit. That's concerning. Don't worry. There may be one more coming up for us. I know there is. I, I too, have seen the scores. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, this uh, was yeah, a, uh, this was a good game. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> say, this was a good, good game. Arkansas kept themselves in it the entire game. But they just they don't have it this year. Whatever it is, the, specifically an offensive line, they just don't have it. Yeah, they had the lead 20 to 17 early in the fourth quarter and then gave up 10 unanswered to yep. the Rebels. Uh, good move on Bug's part, not taking the Razorbacks and picking his mortal enemy. For what? I, I feel like this is the exact same situation where I picked Michigan. It's like you either get the point or 
they lose and you're happy either way. <laughs> yeah, if this was Tennessee, I'd have taken Arkansas, no questions asked, but <laughs> or UCF. I mean, but come on. Next up, the Butt Bowl, Texas Tech at Baylor. Uh, For Texas those to Tech celebrate. Annihilated them, uh, 39-14. to 14. The TTs always win. I appreciate it. Uh, I got to say, <laughs> at this point, I am concerned that Tyler Shock was the problem for the Red Raiders because ever since he's been hurt, uh, they've done very well, which feels bad to say, but it's also true. Also wasn't, possible that Baylor is not good. Wasn't he the problem at Oregon, too? Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm starting to think it's him. Like, I'm not positive, but. Brandon Morton came in and threw for 180 yards, three touchdowns. Also, they got it done on the ground finally. Taj Brooks, 170 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Like I said, uh, yeah, how's, Texas Tech's offense is finally moving. How's my man only running for 170 and only getting one score? What is this varsity blues out there, coach? Let him run on the goal line. I don't have an answer for you. How's that? That's fine. I mean, I didn't expect <laughs> you to. Is that better? Yes, it is. Thank you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we had uh, we had games that we picked, and did I get three good games this week? Did I even get two good games this week? Who we'll find out because I am going first, and this first one, unfortunately, I don't. This is my best chance to get that second good game, Maryland at Ohio State. Ohio State pulls this one out, thirty-seven to seventeen. I kind of had a feeling this wasn't going to be a good game, but at the same time, Maryland was coming into this five and zero, was putting up some impressive stats, and Talia Tongavaloa was looking like the guy for the Terrapins going into the shoe, though taking on number four Ohio State was going to be a tall order. For the record, the spread was 20 and a half. And, uh, you know, Maryland Maryland didn't lose to the spread. So, I guess it's a win for me, maybe, right? No? That's okay. This was 20 to 17 at the start of the fourth quarter. Like, Maryland played this extremely close. And the only reason Ohio State was able to pull away by as much as they did was two massive interceptions that honestly we haven't seen from Ohio State in a long time. So the the reason the score is as vast as it was is off some plays that we nobody could have predicted, <laughs> yep. including a pick six there. Uh, I'm very excited to see we finally have a defense about as good as that 2019 defense. Uh, I just hope our offensive line can catch up and maybe, I don't know, learn how to block in the next couple of weeks. That'd be really good to see. Generally, that's something I like my offensive line to do. I would prefer that they learn that in the off season and then implement oh, well, it. Well, yeah. Season. But as if as they, they have to learn it, it in the first couple of weeks of the season, I'll, you know, I'll take it if they can put it together by the end. As long as they learn it before the game, that's, that's really the key. Uh, I would want them to learn it before Penn state this year too, because that's, well, that's fair. That's fair. Next up, we had number 11, Alabama, heading to College Station to take on Texas A&M. The Crimson Tide would take this one 26-20. to 20. 
And let me tell you, I did not get to see all of this game, but I saw a lot of different pieces of this game. And Texas A&M had plenty of opportunities to come away with this one. Alabama is just a little bit better of a team and I think probably a little bit better coached. Was able to pull this one out on the road and beat the Aggies here. This was a great game for both teams. Jalen Milrow is still having a lot of struggles out there, though. And I think that's probably got to be the bigger story, especially if you're down in Tuscaloosa right now. What a lot of them seem to look past. He holds the ball too long. Do not get me wrong. He's indecisive. He tries to string it out behind the line of scrimmage way longer than he should. But what a lot of people don't realize, at least out here talking to some of them, is that offensive line is breaking down way too quickly. They they are struggling with an issue of not knowing how to block themselves, and that's driving a lot of Jalen Milrow's issues, coupled with the fact that he's not comfortable to actually make a play with his feet, even though he has all of the ability to actually do that. It It's like they're holding him back. Um, I don't know if it's by design, if it's what, what what's going on there, but... <clears throat> That that's the issue there. It's almost a scheme mismatch is the best way I can put it. So other than that athleticism of the quarterback, I hear a couple of great parallels to the Ohio State team that we just talked about. Uh, offensive line can't put it together. Offense took until the second half to get anything really going. Uh, only two touchdowns of the second half were by Alabama Crimson Tide. And the defense made some incredible plays including Alabama's only points of the fourth quarter coming on a seven-yard sack in the end zone for a safety. I love it. Uh, (laughs) But it also scares me that Alabama's defense is the one winning them games again because that's when Alabama wins championships. So they got to make it there first. This is is not a championship team. Hey, nobody looks that great this year. Now that you maybe Georgia this true. week. Now, now that you've said that, though, Ben, they're going to go win a championship. <laughs> I you, doubt that. You've put it out. As soon as people start doubting them, as soon as people that's fine. I'll, I'll doubt them. Find this podcast and play it in the locker room, dude. I'll I hope you. he does. <laughs> I hope he does. I hope he comes on the show and calls us motherfuckers. That'd be awesome too. While eating it, I, I would enjoy pie. that. I would enjoy anyway. That, actually. This next game, number six, formerly another number six, Southern Illinois at Youngstown State. I was excited for, with Youngstown State having just fallen out of the stats performed top 25 last week, they're back in it this week after this performance. Shocking. Uh, And SIU really being on a roll here, I was thinking this was going to be a good time for SIU to kind of pile on. But, Doug, like you mentioned, This was going to be a good chance for Youngstown State to rebound, especially at home. And boy, did they. They won, they went big here 31 to three. They held Nick Baker, quarterback for the Salukis, in check to 94 yards passing and one interception. His worst game in years since he got injured and Stone Labanowitz had to come in, I believe, last year or two years ago, they were saying on the radio. It sounded like SIU never got off the bus, basically. They could not get started. They got nothing going all day long in a rainy one in Youngstown, Ohio, and the Penguins win this one. Huge. Got stuck in the mud, man. It happens. Penguins are better in the rain. Yeah, nothing to say there. I didn't expect this either. I picked <laughs> the Penguins out of, out of sheer fear of the, the skunk. Uh, and I lucked out, so thanks. <laughs> so, 
with all of that, I believe we do have one good game here, unless y'all want to give me Maryland and Ohio State. I kind of do, but also I'm an Ohio State fan, and we won, so that's probably why. I, I think one good game is more realistic. So my thing here is, like, like, even watching that game, Maryland kept that close through three quarters. They held the – was it 10-10 going into half? Or was it yeah. – yeah. Yeah, like, they scored the first 10 points of the game, and it was 10-10 yeah. at half. And uh, I don't know. It, there are arguments to be made that three quarters of that game were really good. And then Maryland forgot that games are four quarters. And as we have discussed in the past, there are multiple halves to a football game. There are also multiple quarters to a football game, four of them, <laughs> in fact. And if you don't play all four quarters – usually don't win too many football games. So Maryland refusing to play the entire fourth <laughs> quarter, really bold strategy. It didn't work out for them. And that's probably why you're coming away with one good game on this slide. Unfortunately, I agree. That, so that explanation was too good for done. me to even try to argue with. <laughs> Next up, my games of the weekend. And I, again, picked three one score games. This is you're wild. good at that. Uh, I was really torn between like seven different games this weekend for what I was going to pick, and all of the games I was torn between ended up being one score games. So, <laughs> what I settled on were a couple of what I believe are really awesome, awesome showings by each of these schools. Butler at St. Thomas, first up. St. Thomas does win this one 17 to 10 off of a batted down pass at the very last play of the game. Fourth and goal. Luke Herzog comes in and breaks up the pass. Oh my gosh. Would have sent it to overtime. St. Thomas defense comes up big. Literally, as time expires, knocks down the ball. Holy shit. That was. <laughs> What Love a game all it. the way around. A legitimate defensive battle for the most part. Still ended up 17-10, to 10 and St. Thomas just gutted it out. Man. Gotta uh, love I have to hand it to you. Not even to you. I was riding with the Bulldogs and did not work out for me. Uh, but it was a great game, so I, I can't complain too much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Next up, UCLA hosting number 13, Washington State. And Washington <laughs> State. I, I was watching for Ben's reaction because I had seen this. Oh, we got chip killed. <laughs> we got we chipped. Got chipped. <laughs> we got chipped. Uh, Washington State was uh, all of our pick here. Uh, and they did have the lead going into the fourth quarter, 17 to 12. Uh, off of four field goals, no, actually two field goals and a touchdown with a missed extra point for UCLA. My bad. Uh, and yeah, seventeen to twelve, and then UCLA comes around and scores the final thirteen points of the game, uh, including a failed two point conversion in there to pull out the win in the fourth quarter. Four hundred and seventy total yards for the Bruins, and holding Wazoo to four turnovers, including Cameron Ward's two interceptions, his first two of the entire season. 
they were forcing Wazoo into a very uncomfortable situation, something that no one has been able to do to this point. And honestly, I didn't expect them to to be so uncomfortable with a five-point lead. For some reason, it felt like the Bruins were in control even through that third quarter. And wow, I at the end there, there was a chance for Wazoo to come back. Cam Ward throws another interception. Just wow, wow performance by the Bruins. And that's the reason that they are now the seventh team in the Pac-12 to be in the top 25 this week. Legitimately the best conference in college football in the last year of existence. Brutal. Yeah, but but this is going the point of the down year. champions, baby. <laughs> this is the point of the year, and we, we saw it too. We saw a glimpse, a potential for it uh, out in Arizona this week. The Pac-12 has always and will continue to cannibalize itself at the point of the season where it matters. Unfortunately, whether you argue that's good football or not, the college football playoff committee does not care. They only look at stats, and then they make up the eye test to make it work how they want it to. That's my fear for this. This legitimately is the best conference in football right now, but. Fortunately for the Pac-12, I don't think there's going to be there – there's probably going to be two undefeated conference champions. I would say likely Georgia. And then whoever wins the Big Ten will probably will likely come out of there undefeated. That leaves two other spots that are wide open for, I would hope, two Pac-12 teams because it would be hilarious, but also because they deserve it. Right now, we're heading, we're staring down the barrel of five undefeated Power 5 champions this season. It is possible. If Oklahoma wins out, either Louisville, Florida State, or North Carolina win out, one of the Big Ten schools, Georgia, and, I mean, Oregon, Washington, USC could still win out. If that all happens, I don't know what I don't know what the playoffs going to look like. USC will get in because just, they beat Notre Dame. That I mean that. Yeah, let's just knock that out of the way it real just, quick. It just expedites and improves why you need a deeper playoff. Like that, I thought that's you were going to say, it just means happen. more, and they were going to put in Georgia, Alabama, LSU, and like. Missouri. For some reason. <laughs> well, that's that's a distinct possibility as well. It just means more. That's Losses. that's when you boycott the college football playoff. One more point uh, for the chipping. I am too of much of week. a football fan to do that. I will do it without batting an eye. <laughs> uh, one more point for the chipping of the week. Carson Steele, a guy that I had shouted out in the preview as one guy I am scared of in this matchup, did get. 30 carries, 140 yards. No touchdowns, though, on the game. Uh, 140 yards against this defense on the ground. Just brutal. I know am I the only you person, hate it. Well, no, am I the only person who believes that if a running back goes over 100 yards, he should have at least one touchdown? One touchdown Apparently, for every 100 that's, yards. That's, that's how, how the, the math is. works. Yeah. That's, yeah. What are you doing to this, coach? Come on, let the kid play. Let him get a let him get the score. He doesn't deserve it just for running over 100 yards. He deserves yes, it. Yes, he does. He runs into the end zone. And he when the coach isn't running him on the goal line. Well, then you become I'm, a head coach and you call I'm, plays for him. I'm saying this, <laughs> and I'm thinking back to the time where Jerome Bettis had five carries for one yard and three scores, and everyone's sitting there like. <laughs> 
The bus, baby. That, hey, that Walter is Payton's we... one of the best, one of the best running backs in the history of the NFL. Played in a Super Bowl and does not have a Super Bowl score. Just yeah. how it goes. But you know who does? Re- William Refrigerator Perry. He didn't go hey. to Texas State or Louisiana, but that was a hell of a game. And guess what? I saved us from the skunkening. Uh, Doug you, got you stuck didn't... all over his face, though. <laughs> you didn't oh, me. God. Never position that there ever again. <laughs> I got skunked right in the face, going 0 for 3 in my own ga- damn games. I'm uh, so glad you haven't done that until now because I've I've had this happen at least twice this year. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the week I decided to start skunking myself. Oh, man. Texas State, Louisiana was awesome. First of all, uh, second of all, the same exact scenario where the winning team scored the last 13 points of the game happened here. Louisiana scored the last 13 points of the game with a two point conversion that failed to end the game. 34 to 30 is your final score. Uh, both teams put up over 400 yards of offense, Texas State over 500. Both teams turned the ball over twice. It just it was an even game all the way throughout, and Louisiana was able to pull it out at home somehow. Like, what a game, dude! Like, I, I still don't even really understand what happened to for one side to even come out on top. I feel like if this gone on another fifteen minutes, it could have been anybody's game all over again. Just phenomenal football. That's, that's I will probably say exactly what it was. Great game. I will say I think I do. It's time that I start giving Texas State some credit. I keep thinking of the team that they were two, three years ago, where they were just awful. It is very obvious they are not that team. And as much as Louisiana is not the team that they were two or three years ago, they were able to pull this one out in amazing fashion down the stretch and to do it at home. That's huge for the Raging Cajuns. This is going to be something I think they'll be able to start building their season off of and really making a push for that Sun Belt championship. As far as individual stats go, Texas State players dominated. T.J. Finley threw over 300 yards passing, two touchdowns, one interception. On the on the ground, Ishmael Mahdi, 188 yards and a touchdown on the ground. In the receiving game, the leading receiver of the game was Joey Hobart of Texas State as well, uh, 132 yards and a touchdown. Like, individually, Texas State played phenomenal, uh, but – Louisiana was able to spread the ball around and find a way to win just a classic team effort. Uh, I would vote myself to have three great games here, but I want to hear what you guys think. No, I'm right there with you. You make up for the skunk with three good games. You're going to take the plus two on the week. Yeah, I mean, you you went over, but at least you got the plus two at the end of the day. So, And you know what? At the end of the day, winning percentage doesn't matter. It's all about the number of points. Take that. That's why we have the <laughs> bonus points. All right, Tug, you're up. Oh, man, for the first quarter, for the first quarter of this game, I thought William & Mary actually had it. But, Doug, as you have kindly reminded everybody today, there is more than one quarter of football. Um. William and Mary went up 13 nothing, and then Virginia scored the next 27 unanswered. And that's how we get this this result right here. Yeah, 
I took the Cavaliers in this one simply because I I don't believe they are as bad as their record suggests. They've been in so many one-score games. And up against an FCS opponent, I'm generally going to take the FBS school unless it's just as lopsided as like Idaho, Nevada was, which isn't normal. So Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no, Tug's frozen. Oh, he's completely fucking frozen. Let's pull him off Oof. of here real quick while he gets uh, potentially gets his stuff sorted out. He's got two other games going here. The next one being number 18, UT Martin, taking on Eastern Illinois in Charleston. And uh, this one took overtime. I was, I was kind of dogging him for t- taking EIU. And look where we ended up. The Skyhawks had needed overtime to win this one, 28-27 to 27 in OT. They went for the win on the road, and they got it. Very impressed from both what both teams were able to put out in this one. Well, more accurately, Eastern Illinois went for the win at home and didn't get it. They missed the two-point conversion to end overtime. Uh, but, man, this, this game was so good that actually Eastern Illinois got more votes in the top 25 poll than they did the week before losing this one. Uh, UT Martin's getting a lot of respect, and Eastern Illinois is showing they're at least competitive with some really good teams this year. Uh, four and two now, but a really good four and two at that for the Panthers. Absolutely. And last but not least, we had Fresno State taking on Wyoming, and Tug got the skunk straight <laughs> to the face here as well. <laughs> I'm the only one that went with. Oh, man, he went with Fresno State. I went with Fresno State. And you did the smart thing. Yeah. I, Fresno State came into this one number 24, and they were having a great season. And they're still having a great season. But Wyoming's no slouch. And I'm I'm not entirely certain why they're not why they weren't ranked going into this one. I would have like this this should have been a 25-24 matchup in my opinion. And especially when you got Wyoming at home, they they're well deserving of a ranking there because that is the biggest home field advantage in all of college football. And what I say down the stretch it would cause issues. Fresno State tried to come back in this one, but they could not get it done down the stretch. Wyoming was just able to use their home field advantage, that elevation to their advantage and hold on to this one and hold off Fresno state to win 24 to 19. I mean, the real answer we all know is because Wyoming was four and one. If they were five and oh, they'd be ranked. Also, if they were five and oh, they would have beaten Texas. So yeah, they'd be ranked, (laughs) but four and one as a group of five team, you're not going to get any votes. That's just how it works. In the freaking AP top 25. I said what Ridiculous. I said. <laughs> Ridiculous. But I mean, you're not wrong. Fresno State uh, got kind of shafted here. Their starting quarterback got hurt. Their backup quarterback came in and played, honestly, as well as you could have hoped for. But, yeah, the elevation and the fact you're playing a backup quarterback did bite them in the end on a last-minute trying to take the lead, drive. The ball gets batted up at the line of scrimmage. Big man interception. Wyoming clinches the win at home and potentially has a clear path to winning the Mountain West. I mean, Air Force next week is the next next challenge up. 
that might be an early decider and who's looking at the inside track to the group of five New Year's six representation. I don't know that anybody else is as high on people's radars as the undefeated Falcons and this Wyoming team after this and what they did to Texas Tech early in the season. Yeah, it's uh it it's turning into a, a year for the Mountain West, really, which is something we haven't seen in a while. It's been dominated by the American Athletic Conference. But this year, Tulane has not been as thrilling and exciting as they have been in years past. Memphis, of course, has that loss to Mizzou and did not come into the season with high expectations that I think you kind of need to help carry yourself through some things. If Memphis wins that game against Mizzou, I think that's where we're leaning. But with Air Force and Wyoming putting together the season that they are so far in it through six weeks, it's got it's got to be leaning towards the Mountain West at this point in the year, I would think. It certainly feels that way, but the Sun Belt's coming up on it too. There's some great Sun Belt matchups the next couple of weeks. Oof, man, there's some how crazy people out there. How crazy would it be if Arkansas State somehow pulled out enough this season to somehow swing that back in their direction? How <laughs> that insane! Will not happen. <laughs> the champions of life are able to get themselves into a New Year's Six <laughs> bowl game. If that happens, I hope they get to play Oklahoma. That's, that's what I'm rooting for. <laughs> Maybe they turn that around. 37 to nothing this time. That real champions of life stuff. <laughs> All right. So after this week of performances, uh, I have taken the actual definitive lead this time uh, with extra bonus points my way as well. Actually, before we do that, we should say uh, Tug, Tug gets a bonus point for this week, right? Those were two really good games. And then also William & Mary, Virginia. <laughs> yeah, I would I would agree with that, especially with the fight that we saw from Fresno coming back there. And it's it's tough. You know, you would, you would want a little bit more, I think, typically to call that Fresno State-Wyoming game a good game. But again, add in that massive elevation change. We're talking about a team that plays – basically at sea level, especially in comparison to how high up Laramie is. Uh, I, I'm willing to give give a good game there as well as the uh, UT Martin Eastern Illinois game. All right, so that brings us to me having six bonus points, Tug with three. You still have zero, and you are lagging behind. But uh, the classic Tug quote, don't fire till you see the whites of their eyes. <laughs> You know, I'm not I'm not that far behind. I'm not that far behind. Oh man, I hate it. Hate it so much. It's, You're going to win this. We all know. It's only eight games, and you seem to think bowl season's right around the corner. We still got two full months of football before we get there. Yeah, but at this rate, I'm only gonna be ahead ahead by like 16 games, and of the 40 bowl games, you're gonna win all of them, and I'm only gonna win 20, and you're gonna win by four, and I'm gonna hate myself. <laughs> I will miss a few during bowl season. I doubt Probably it. like five. <laughs> if you miss five and that exact scenario plays out and I win by one game, I will. <laughs> oh, man, I don't even know what. I'll have to celebrate somehow. We'll figure it out. Maybe I'll celebrate <laughs> by going to the national championship this year. Send oh. it. Woo! That'd Maybe. Be, that'd be mighty expensive. It would be. <laughs> so probably not. <laughs> 
anyway, uh, there's more because we can never have enough great college football. Uh, in the FBS, got to talk about a game Tug already mentioned briefly. Arizona took USC to three overtimes. This was like 2.30 in the morning for me, uh, and I stayed up to watch every second of it because it was so Ooh. phenomenal. Gross. <laughs> it was incredible. It came down to the two-point conversion fest, and uh, Arizona just couldn't hit on their first one. Man, what a fun game. What a fun atmosphere. And if USC keeps playing like this, they are going to lose one, two, or three games on the stretch because Arizona is wow, not. Cannot... Yeah, you can't be letting up 41 points to Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Next up, Georgia Tech with the upset over number 17, Miami, simply because Mario Cristobal refuses to take a knee. He has never taken a knee his entire career. It's come back to bite him twice now including 2018 when he was head coach of Oregon. Let Stanford back in it. They beat him in overtime. Uh, this one did not take overtime because Georgia Tech won it in regulation. And Mario Cristobal just refuses to take a knee, ever. Um, when you fumble with 40 seconds left and give them the ball with no timeouts, you would still expect the defense to be able to stop them. But no, the, the Yellow Jackets find a way into the end zone. 23 to 20. This is part of what makes college football so great. Just (laughs) wild shit. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Next up, a couple of other games I was considering. I said I had like seven up. Uh, Boston College at Army was one of them. Boston College does win by three, 27 to 24. Army had more passing yards. Because that's what Army is now, apparently. Uh, Marshall at NC State was another game I was considering because the Thundering Herd have looked darn good this year, and NC State has looked mighty mid. Uh, NC State does pull it out by one touchdown, though, 48-41. to Iowa-Purdue is on the deck here because Iowa fell short of their 25 points per game mark and are still 5-1 and one so far this season. 20 to 14 over Purdue. Uh, Iowa is one of the best teams in the Big Ten and also one of the worst teams at the same time. How does that work? That's the Big Ten West for you. (laughs) Yeah, I'm trying to find the Sickos Committee uh, tracker here, but I got distracted because UAB Memphis, the Battle of the Bones, not only are they calling it a top five trophy matchup, which it is, come on, it's a, it's a bronze rack of ribs. But it's going to be a blackout in Birmingham at Protective Stadium. So if you're down there, go wear blue. Don't wear black. Wear blue. I'm getting That's there. That's two find weeks from now. So we'll talk about that when it's time. <laughs> I'm getting the word out early. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. While you're pulling that up, I guess we're going to look at that first. All right, never mind. <laughs> yeah. The Brian Ferentz tracker takes priority. Yeah. It does. Come on. Yeah. 
They are behind the Everything about that is just perfect. And God bless the Sickos Committee. Next up, Clemson at Wake Forest. We've been talking about Clemson sporadically this season. Just an unpredictable season from the Tigers so far. But a 17-12 win, something that Wazoo couldn't gut out. 17-12 was not kind to the Cougars, but it is kind to the Tigers here against a Sam Hartmanless Wake Forest. Uh, what a weird season for both teams so far, honestly. And then two more games that I was looking at potentially picking. Uh, North Texas at Navy ends up being a field goal game. Navy wins 27-24, to and North Texas has not looked quite as good as they were hoping for, for sure, when they fired Seth Luttrell after making their conference championship game last season because they didn't think they were doing well enough. And then Old Dominion at Southern Miss was another game I was considering taking, and purely because of Frank Gore Jr. Uh, Frank Gore Jr. couldn't get them into the end zone enough times, though. 17-13, to 13, Old Dominion pulls this one out, and ODU's having a great year so far. It, I really thought North Texas was on a good trajectory. I thought they were really turning that program around and changing things up. So not only did you fire your head coach, who was doing that because he wasn't doing it fast enough, you then have to play a triple option team in conference that you haven't had to play in years. I don't know the last time they played any of the service academies. That's always a tough thing to have to prepare for on the fly like that. And he had that. I thought the strength of this team last year was the defense. And look at what happened this year. They Navy was able to run all over them and they win this one 27 to 24. I don't have a lot to say about Old Dominion Southern Miss, but. Old Dominion might be worth keeping an eye on in uh, Conference USA going forward, which is a sentence I never thought I'd say because I hate Conference USA. Well, lucky for you, they're not in Conference USA anymore. They're in the Sun Belt now. So I hate Conference realignment so fucking much. <laughs> Southern Miss is still in Conference USA, right? Nope, Sun Belt. They're now. in the Sun Belt too. <laughs> Fuck this. There was a huge exodus, and the Conference USA is like decimated. Every everybody. Who is like only the worst possible teams, and then like Western Kentucky are in Conference USA now. <laughs> That's not oh fair to Liberty, God. who's also having a great year, but it's Liberty. So, yeah. Uh, FCS games, we had a couple more of these that were just phenomenal and had to shout them out this week. Northern Arizona upsets number 13, Weber State who falls all the way out of the FCS top 25 after this at upset this loss they to, to one win Northern Arizona at this point, now two win Northern Arizona, 27 to 10, just a shellacking by the lumberjacks at Weber state too. So very surprising. Simo mm-hmm. got out to a very big lead and then central Arkansas took it all the way back 38 to 33 for the Central Arkansas Bears at the end of the day. Just an impressive performance on that purple turf. Purple and gray. Don't forget the gray. It'll make you go uh, make you go colorblind if you watch it too long. 
That is an important distinction. There is a pure purple turf out there somewhere. I forget where. But uh, purple and gray, Central Arkansas, is very much worse. It, it sucks to watch on TV. <laughs> so if you didn't watch this game, I don't blame you. I don't know what's going on with SEMO, but it this season is all but lost for them at this point. Lafayette at Princeton ended up being a three-point game. Princeton Tigers are usually one of those teams that can compete for the Ivy League. Lafayette has not competed for the Pioneer in quite some time, but, man, they look good so far this season. Uh, improving to 4-1, and 5-1 and one now, uh, one or the other, and Lafayette is maybe for real to some extent, or maybe I'm giving Princeton too much credit. Who knows? Uh, not to be outdone by their rivals, Lehigh also had a fantastic game, but Fordham was able to come back on him. C.J. Montez is starting to put it together halfway through the season so far now and looking like one of the best quarterbacks in all of the FCS, amazingly, after the first couple of weeks where we kind of wrote him off. Now Fordham is looking legit on the offensive side of the ball, 38-35 over the Mountain Hawks of Lehigh. And Georgetown Penn, another pioneer and Ivy League matchup here. Georgetown did take Penn to overtime, but Penn was able to pull it out 42-39. to 39. Yeah, it's, it's the Ivy League. Uh, it's the Pioneer, uh, the Patriot League. Uh, I mean, who, who knows what's going to happen in those matchups every year. Always in for some wild rides. In the CAA, a couple of Big-time matchups and one game I was definitely looking at potentially taking. Definitely potentially taking. Uh, (laughs) Albany at Towson. After Towson just beat New Hampshire to knock them out of the top 25, Towson was looking to potentially work their way into the top 25 with a win over Albany. Instead, Albany wins by one touchdown to work their own way into the top 25. If that sentence was not confusing... Thank you for keeping up with me. I appreciate it. It's been a long time coming for Albany, though. Know? They they're very much deserving of a top twenty-five spot. I believe they're number twenty-three now, heading into the next week, and they're looking darn good. And with a name like Reese Poffenbarger at quarterback, uh, that is phenomenal. I love it. Another game I thought about taking: Campbell at Hampton. Ended up being a field goal game as well, 30-27 to 27 for the Fighting Camels. And that middle of the CAA is making itself pretty apparent, and the bottom of the CAA is also making itself apparent. But I don't know that those two tiers are as separated as, like, there are a couple of teams at the top who are still outclassing the field. Just how the CAA is looking this year to me. I don't know the voters necessarily agree. The FCS stats perform top 25. A lot of CAA teams in there. Kind of the same way the Pac-12s dominating the AP top 25. What a conference. Uh, Tennessee State did beat Kennesaw State 27-20 to this past weekend. Kennesaw State's going to be in Conference USA next year. Uh, <laughs> they're 1-5. and And Tennessee State is looking like a potential – Team to watch out of the OVC. Uh, what are they? The, the OVC Big South combined whatever doohickey conference. Big South uh, OVC. Yeah. 
<laughs> that works. <laughs> it really does feel like it's Tennessee State and UT Martin and then the field out of that right now. Tennessee State's looking pretty darn good. Three and one in countable games. Not going to count the loss to Notre Dame, of course. So this is a surprising Tigers team who looks like they might actually make some noise down the stretch here. Grambling at Alcorn State ended up being a one-point game going in the way of the home team. Alcorn State wins 25-24 to over Grambling. That mid-tier of the SWAC makes for some very interesting matchups every single season. But, man, Florida A&M is running away with the SWAC, it feels like, so far this season. Uh, Florida A&M, NC Central is going to be a fun one in that Celebration Bowl. If we get it, might not happen still, but it feels we'll like see. that's the road we're headed towards. We'll see. And then Southern Utah at Tarleton State. Tarleton State is a team that I was kind of rooting for to be ranked in the top 25 themselves after a 4-1 and one start to the season out of that Southland Conference. And then Southern Utah. Out of nowhere with a 27 to 26 upset at Tarleton State. Yeah, uh, the Southland is not good this year. Uh, I think UIW might also be a little bit overrated because everyone's just kind of respecting the name at this point. Southland Conference does not look good. Uh, and neither does Southern Utah, but Southern Utah does get the win here. <laughs> It is what it is, man. It is what it is. But you know something? We had more than just games going on this week. We had a couple NFL draft prospects to check out. And this time, we're going with the big dudes in the trenches, starting off with Javon Foster, offensive tackle from Missouri. And uh, we had a little bit of bad news here for him. Yeah, let in a couple of extra pressures that he hadn't had before. Uh, let in an extra sack that he didn't have before, uh, which is crazy because I thought he only had one, but now he has two. That's creepy. <laughs> and the worst part about all this is wasn't there only one or two sacks allowed the entire game for Missouri? There were two, and one of them was from Javon Foster. So, yeah, uh, when, when watching him play, I – it was concerning how unathletic he looked at tackle, just kind of getting beat around the outside a lot. And it worked in his favor that Missouri has figured this out about him after starting for a couple of years <laughs> and is taking shorter drops and trying to get Cook to get the ball out faster. But when you're down and or in a very close game like you were against LSU, you need to take some deep shots every now and then. You need to pass towards that medium range, deep range of the field. Those take time to develop. Those routes to just take time. Javon Voster isn't going to give you that time. So brutal, brutal game for my offensive prospect to watch. Not going to lie to you. On the defensive um, side of the ball, though. Yeah. I wasn't impressed with Tavondre Sweat either. Uh, <laughs> not, uh, not good. <laughs> so I, I spent the preview talking about how excited I was to see him get uh, 
some some additional sacks on the season, maybe some TFLs added to the stat line. Uh, all that he actually added to the stat line were two tackles, um, which kind of ran into him. I mean, that happens as a defensive tackle. You kind of get some runs that run right into your arms. He did have a hurry. You might be able to call it two quarterback hurries. But it wasn't like it was legitimate pressure. It was more like the ball was held on to for so dang long that somebody was going to get there. And Tavondre Sweat was just the closest one to force the ball out. Uh, I, I spent a lot of the preview talking about how I thought this might be a great matchup for Tavondre Sweat because the interior of that Oklahoma offensive line has looked so rough. And then to see Oklahoma come out and put one guard on Tavondre Sweat all game and for that one guard to dominate that matchup almost every play was really surprising. I expected Sweat to have a lot more strength, huh. a power to his game than he showed. At 362 pounds, you'd need to be able to push some dudes around, and he just couldn't. And we do have Tug in the chat here saying he did see a couple big bully plays from Sweat, but just not consistent. So pretty much exactly what you're saying here as well. Yeah, you're going to make some plays when you're that size, just be able to stand there in the middle of the play. But that's it's not the same as what I was hoping for. I was looking for a little bit of pass rush move, and I didn't see any of that. So kind of rough, but also that's the risk I took taking some end of day three type of prospects as far as everyone else has them ranked so far. Devondre Sweat has a chance to prove himself. I, th I think if he leans out a little bit, gets some speed to him ahead of the senior bowl, there's a role in the league for a guy that size. There just is. Absolutely. But Javon Foster is going to be a little bit more of an uphill battle, I would say, at this point. Oh, 100%. With as much of a pass-first league as it's become here in the NFL, oof, that's going to be that's going to yeah. be a tough one. So, Tug's internet completely shit out here. So, I'll do I'll do the thing that he hates to do and read off all of our links here. You can check us out at patreon.com backslash BDT football if you want to support the show. Or you could go to twitch.tv backslash big dudes in the trenches and uh, subscribe there. Support us financially there as well. If you want to keep up with if you want to keep up with us and all of our doings, head on over to twitter.com backslash big BDT football. Or x.com backslash BDT football will get you there as well. Same thing for Facebook. And the only difference on Instagram is that one, we don't use Instagram a ton, and it's BDT underscore football. We also have a website, bdtfootball.com. You can mail in questions to mailbox at bdtfootball.com if you so choose. We'll talk about them live on the air. You can catch this episode replayed on YouTube at youtube.com backslash big dudes in the trenches all one word just like on twitch or you know if you're listening to the audio and you'd rather check out the video but you can't catch us live that's a great place to see it you could also hop into our discord uh we we talk in there probably a little more than twitter it's a little more personal uh with some of the conversations we have there versus twitter that is discord.gg backslash 
9G capital X 3PT capital G 36 capital E. Suck it, Tug. You can read it off beautiful. if you just don't want to. And that is different from the link that's scrolling across the bottom. I believe both links are permanent. And uh, they will be in the com- or in the uh, description below. So be sure to check it out there as well. That was amazing. I loved every second of that. Every moment of that Discord link just reinvigorated my spirit. <laughs> I could go for another two hours talking about college football after reading that Discord link out oh, live. I'm sure you could. I've been driving all day. Uh, I actually took a little cat nap before before I got uh, got on stream here because I I am I'm very tired. It was a long week of uh of of putting up, you know, taking shelves down, putting them up, painting, moving furniture and everything. And man, that drive that five hour drive back home was just not it. Uh, I do have a question for you. Was that in here? Why shouldn't you enter a contract with a Wolverine? I feel like this was an Ohio State joke, but I don't know why. So the punchline is because of his retractable claws. But I want to say the real answer is because he's a fucking sack of shit. Fuck the state up north. <laughs> I knew I knew I knew that was coming somehow. I knew you were gonna make it into an Ohio State thing. So and that's all the time we have for the show, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time. Oh yeah, Doug uh you know, Tug's out of here. You know, his internet shit out. Should we do the thing for him? He's watching. I said we do your thing instead. Oh, okay. My thing? Deal. Peace out, Girl Scout. See y'all next week.